Hello, everybody. Hello, Miss Honore. How are you? Good morning. Fantastic. How are you? I hope I'm not yelling too loud. I'm like right. I'm like yelling right into my microphone. Yell it. <laughs> Everyone's awake now. Good morning. Yeah. Attention we were, on deck. That's right. Right. Attention on deck. Um, we were we were having some fun discussing our our mutual uh, self punishment and our workouts this morning. Yes. Yeah. Different workouts, but both uh, equally um, satisfied and dissatisfied with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. And if I don't lift my hands over my head and I yawn, that's why. That's why. Yes, that's why. Well, I would say that you were doing something much tougher than I was doing today. I rode a bike. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of cardio, but it wasn't, I wasn't getting beat up. Hold on. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Honore was slinging weights and cussing and I like it. Doing all the things. Yeah. So, Today we wanted to talk about um, some more content because it's just so darn good from the You Must Market Your Book book, mm-hmm. trying to make it level here. Um, and in particular, we're talking about chapter five, which is successful authors have big plans. Big plans, baby, big plans. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When I read this chapter title, I was like, ooh, what plans are these? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really sure exactly where it was gonna go. But I right? love that you open it up talking about what you refer to as a marketing action plan. Book map, book map. Yeah. Which I don't think most authors have ever. Yeah. I think um, just my observation of myself and people that I work with is they write and publish a book and put it out into the world and they hope that it goes well I think we have determined that hope is not a strategy. Yeah. Um, you have to have hope. Make no mistake, you have to have hope. But if you don't have a plan behind your hope or underneath your hope, you got nothing. You got yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there's people that say, you know, there's no point in planning. And I'm like, well, you know, every important thing I've ever done in my life that had pretty significant consequences was 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 based on planning um it was a non-negotiable i was talking to a colleague of ours yesterday who went on vacation and did not take the right clothing and therefore froze whole family was very cold on this on this trip and i think it was might have been a little lack of planning yeah yeah a little oversight the plan yeah well, and I've done that. I've gone on all sorts of ventures and adventures where I did not have either the appropriate clothing or shoe choice. <laughs> and you don't make those mistakes often or many times before you realize that you just took it with you would be better. Yeah. And when you do make that mistake, it's painfully obvious, not only to you, but usually to other people. Um, yeah. I remember when I first got out of the military, I went to this conference for the University of Virginia. Is you know, UVA's got the, they got a nice little, they're a big yeah. school, right? They've got yeah. their, they've got their crust about them. And um, in DC, that's kind of like, you're going to go to UVA, like, let's go talk to the UVA people. And I got there and there was a guy in a three-piece suit with bright tennis shoes on. And all I could think was, Dude, you brought the wrong shoes on your trip. <laughs> or he was being contrarian. He just wanted to stand out is what it was in the end. Oh, he was, 
he was doing a presentation, but the military guy in a uniform, I'm like, what is that? You know, like, yeah, bad planning. <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't look like he was being controversial. It looked like he brought the wrong <laughs> shoes on by mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love that you use the acronym MAP, right? The marketing action plan. Thank because it, I mean, obviously it's you break out your map to figure out where you're going. Right. Um, and a big part of this is your marketing matrix, right? Your your book marketing matrix. Yeah. You blew my mind when you taught me about this the first time in EBM. Oh. Can you tell me a little bit more about the what the matrix is and what it what it's for? Yeah. So the matrix, I like matrixes. So I have the 12 by 12 matrix, which is for networking. And then the book marketing matrix is for your book map. It's a piece of your book map. And it's, I like to have a visual representation of what I'm doing. I'm a visual person. And, and so I wanted to have a place where I could put down all of the initiatives around the book. So we start with how are we publishing the book and repurposing the book? Are you doing a paperback, a hardcover, an audiobook, a Kindle version, at least probably a Kindle and a paperback. And then what else are you going to do with the content of your book? And so each of the columns of the matrix are to help at least originally to help me. So all the tools that I ever develop are originally to help me, to help myself, and then to help my books. And then That's great. they became um, things that people would say, well, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Why is this working? And I would go, oh, well, I have this tool that I created for myself. And so when you think about what you're going to do with your book, how you're going to publish it, and then you put that in a box, then it allows you to go, okay, I got the Kindle. I got the paperback. I'm going to table the hardcover. I'm going to get to the audio later, things like that. Right. And then what am I going to do with it? Am I going to have a workbook? Am I going to have a course? Am I going to turn it into a keynote presentation? And so as you move from column to column, so this first column is publishing and, dis and repurposing, then you get into distribution. Where are you going to sell your book? And that's everything from I'm going to have my book on Amazon to I'm going to put it in a specialty gift store in my small town. Right. Right. Like, where are you going to distribute the book? And then how are you going to promote the book? What are all the different ways you can promote the book? And then what are all the ways you can sell the book? And those are the four columns. And so when you go four columns across and 10 columns deep, you, you have some weight to your map, right? You have some weight to your book map, your book marketing action plan. And what I like to do is not get all excited and not know what to do. It's like when you, when I come home from being gone for three days or three minutes, my dog is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> she's back and she has to run and get a toy and she's there's complete confusion until she finds the toy that she can bring to you to show you how happy she is that she's home it's just complete and utter chaos and i feel like that's how a lot of authors treat their book marketing is they're all excited that their book came out but they can't find a toy <laughs> and they don't know what to do and if you don't know what to do a confused mind says no if you have an hour to do something and you don't have a directive, you don't have a direction and a directive for that, how to use that hour, you're probably just going to scroll on Facebook. You're going to check your email. You're going to, you know, mess around a little bit. And then the hour will be gone and you can never get that hour back. And what I wanted to do for myself and now what I wanted to do in, in You Must Market Your Book was give people a way to have solid direction all the time. 
What am I going to do? When am I going to do it? How is it going to affect the performance of my book? That's it. Well, I, I like that you bring up the performance of the book because when I when I first thought about the topic of book marketing, like from, okay, I'm getting ready to publish a book. Yeah. It's about to be out there. You know, there's so many people that are like, well, I want to spread the good message that's in the book. And I want to make some type of sales off the book and all the things every author says, yep. I hope it, I hope it'll sell. I hope people will use it. All the good things it can do for both your, your audience and your business, um, particularly in, in nonfiction. But I feel like there's, there's this lack of like clarity on where to go. It's like all this focus is on getting the book produced. And then, you know, the, the book, uh, that you must market your book almost, I almost feel like marketing is so misunderstood. Really, these are like actions that you're taking to make the sales a reality, right? To get the book out there and do the things. Um, and the matrix I thought was just wildly, uh, uh, e well, one, easy to build. Two, yeah. very easy to see where to go once you build your matrix. You're like, oh, like the connections are visible. They're right in front of you. You just put them yes. on a piece of paper. Yes. Um, you do give an example of the matrix. Um, yeah, I put mine for that book in that book. Say again? I put mine for the book in the book. In the book, yeah. So um, people could just see like, well, what goes in this box? What are my options? How do I how do I put this together? Well, and so if you guys are listening um, and you're trying to figure out what the heck we're talking about, it's basically a big table, right? Yeah. Um, and you've got, it's a matrix. So you've got uh, a row of information across the top and a row of info information across the left or down the left side. Yes. Um, I'm trying to avoid my engineering terms, my axes. <laughs> and you're basically connecting the dots between the two things where they matter. Um, yes. You do a great job of putting this um, into practice in the, in the workbook as well. Yep. I must market my book, which has been wildly effective for me to build my matrix. I started building a matrix in an Excel spreadsheet at first. And then I got your workbook and I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you can. You can build it as a table in a Word document. You can put it on a blank sheet of notebook paper and create four columns down and and ten um boxes, create ten boxes, right? Ten ten boxes right. for each. And it's not a you know, it's not a directive, right? It's right. not it doesn't have to be four columns. You could have five columns. You could have a different category if you wanted to. You could take any one of those distribution options or selling options or repurposing options and build it out into here are the 27 different ways I'm going to do something, right? It's not a directive. It's just what worked for me. And I find that if, if I work from a template, me personally, if I don't have to figure out something from scratch. I can create something that's completely different, but I had something to start with. So you can have 15 lines or you can have five lines, just like with the 12 by 12 with networking. You don't have to have 12 categories of professionals and 12 people in each category. You can have a six by six or you can have a 40 by 40, whatever you can handle. But if you didn't have the idea to start with, then you're probably going to struggle a little bit more than if you did have something to start with. And this is where I worked with myself. I was like, how can I make sure that my books don't languish in obscurity. How can I make sure? And this is something I want to really focus on either today or in another conversation is I don't want 
people to just buy the book. Right. You don't want people to just buy monetize your book with a course. You right. want them to be compelled to read it. It needs to be the thing that they say, I have 4,000 books on my Kindle. I haven't read. I have 8,000 books on my shelves. I haven't read, but this is the next most important book that I need to review, read, highlight, notate, and take action on immediately. Right. And that's really what's underneath and behind every marketing initiative. It's like, how do I get people to buy and read my book? Because they can buy it. I've bought lots of books. I just haven't gotten around to reading them yet because right. other books come up. And I think this is, <laughs> this is something I need to read right now. Mm -hmm. This is important for me to read right now. And I'm, I feel that way about 12 books all at the same time every day. Like I'm looking <laughs> all the books. I'm like, oh, I need to read all of these right now. <laughs> and then tomorrow there will be another 12 new books. And that's just a good problem to have is like, which book am I going to, am I going to dive into next? But when it right. comes to your book marketing, people think about, I'm going to sell, I want to sell books and you don't, you don't, you want to find readers. That's totally different because readers are customers, our clients. Like right. Having a book, reading a book and engaging a new client, those are, those are wildly different things. One can lead to the next and you have to kind of pull back a little bit and just think about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I like that in the book, uh, in this chapter, an example or, or in, in prep, in preparation for building the matrix, you tell people put on your, I'm having fun hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, this, this stuff might sound like real, like the business side of your book and it's not directly related to like the cool thing you wrote about. And, but this is like the stuff you have to do to make your book, reach the people that you want them to reach, to serve yeah. the audience, the way you said, yes. um, and you need to have fun doing this. Um, not because it's a mandate, but because it's part of bringing your book to life, right? It's like yes. you're breathing life into this thing and getting it out there. Um, so can you give some examples from, and I'm just paraphrasing here from the book. Um, you say in the first two, three or four boxes in the first column on the, on the matrix, you want to put the different formats you're going to publish your book in. Yep. Um, obvious examples, paperback, ebook, hardcover, audio. Um, can you talk about why it's important to nail down all the formats in the beginning of the matrix? Sure. Um, and I'll throw myself under the bus for a, for a long time. I didn't want paper. Mm -hmm. I didn't want paper books, different phase of my life now, but at, a, at one time I thought I just want all the eBooks, which means I'm only going to produce eBooks, but my preference is not everyone's preference. As a matter of fact, the, when I talk to someone in their true bibliophile, they'll say, I want the physical copy of the book because I want to highlight it. I want to notate it. I want all the things, which is why then we do the companion workbook for next level, next level interactivity and, and application. Figuring out what you're going to do with your book and really thinking about it. And this is the thing to consider is what will your reader want? Yep. Not what do you want? Not how do you prefer to take your books, but how do your readers prefer to take their books? Like, are right. they Kindle readers? Some of them will be. Are they paperback readers? Some of them will be. Some will want a special edition hardcover. Now, most people are not going to pony up the 25 bucks or more or around that number 
for a hardcover. I don't right. sell a lot of hardcovers, but hardcovers are what I give away. Hmm. Like, I'm giving those like kids general? away to, to, to potential clients. So based on the, the bespoke publishing option that I have, when I'm meeting with someone who can afford to pay that, they want to see an example of my work. Right. So I'm not going to give them just a paperback, although I have. I also have these really bougie, sexy, hardcover editions that are 10 bucks a piece. And I give them away. I'm like, here is an example of my work. Here is an example of what I can create for you. We will also do paperback and, and ebook. Hardcover is also an option, especially if you provide a service that you are hoping to generate through your book. So you want to have the hardcover available in case somebody wants to buy it. I'm not stopping you. If you want to buy a hundred copies, please buy them. I will even sign them for you. Um, but most people are not going to buy a hardcover copy of a book unless they are the fan of an author. So that's right. fiction or nonfiction, right? Unless we really like you, sure. we're not going to do a hardcover. Um, and then the audio book, audio is and has been one of the fastest growing segments of publishing. People spend a lot of time in their cars. Some of them spend a lot of time doing household chores or working out or running errands and listening to a book allows them to multitask. Um, and so I think having all four versions of your book for different reasons is important. However, um, ebook and paperback at the least, special edition hardcovers if you want to put your book in libraries, generate business with your book, and audiobooks are an extra expense and time consuming to either narrate yourself or have um, edited and, and produced and those sorts of things. Um, worth it to have, maybe that goes in the budget later. Mm. So those are just the first things to consider making sure that you have at least two of those four. I hear a lot of people say, oh, I just have an ebook and it's up on my website and it's free. And I think it's such a missed opportunity to not also have a physical version of your book when it is not that prohibitive to do it it will cost time and money to make sure that it's done well. However, would you spend $10,000 to make $100,000? Would you spend $1,000 to make $10,000? Would you sure. spend $10 to make $100? So you have to think about not just, you're not lighting money on fire to watch it burn because you need amusement, right? You're investing money in something that could create a nice return for your business. And that's how I look at it is I'm investing in my business for long-term uh, for the long term, I always think of things in 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 the long term, ten years, ten years or longer. Right. So, so you're you're documenting these formats so you can realize where to meet your clients because they're going to be looking for those yeah. those things, right? And then and then the the next part, and I really like this because you're like, hey, this is where it gets to be fun. I think you said I actually you love this part is you get you, to be creative and think about all the other ways you can format the content from the book, yeah, and share it, right? Um, I think some authors are nervous to do that with their whole book because they're like, well, I'm just giving away all my content for free. And this is prevalent in the video spaces like YouTube sure. and all these other places. Sure. But can you talk a little bit about why people should just be a little less concerned about that than they may initially be? I think people are concerned that 
someone is going to steal their idea or steal their intellectual property and distribute it. And they might, <laughs> right? There's always someone out there that, that it think that if yeah. they would use their intelligence for good, instead of trying to get away with something, they'd probably do better. Well, I could buy your ebook for $8 and do that. You know, it's like, it's so funny. Cause I think it's like, we're almost like, sure. don't give away the farm, you know? <laughs> right. But, but, but here's the other thing is like, you are, only as good as your market share you are only as good as your as your market reach yeah. and your name and face recognition and the number one thing that makes me go yes is when someone says i want to talk to you because people keep mentioning you to me mm -hmm. right and so it's market share it's market reach and so have i lost some book sales because somebody downloaded a free book that i offered or someone passed it on you know, without getting permission. Okay, sure. That's one more person that's heard of me. And if you don't, if you're not a one trick pony and you don't have just one thing to sell, which if you have a book to sell, you don't only have a book to sell, especially if it's prescriptive and transformative nonfiction, you have more to offer. I would much prefer to give away a $10 hardcover and have someone write me a five or six figure check. Right. Then I would sell a $10 book right? every day, every single day and twice on Sunday. Please let me give you a free copy if you might be the ideal client for me. And the more people who know you, the more third-party validation that you will get from the audience at large. And what you want is to get outside of your um, universe. Right? right. What a lot of people say is I will, I've sold to my friends and family. Now, what do I do? It's like, well, you have to blast out of your own orbit. Mm. You need to engage. You need to engage not only the online retail algorithms, but you need to engage the universal algorithms of recommendation and referral. Right. And, and after that, you go into distribution. So you've got the products. Now you start talking about where you're potentially yeah. going to distribute them through yeah. the different yeah. channels. Um, yeah. And I love that you say, just like you did with um, identifying what type of format people are going to use. You talk about um, it makes sense to think about the best places readers will most likely buy the book, right? It's yeah. not just what format, but where are they most likely going to find it yeah. um, with or without your help? Um, and how are they how are they going to consume it? So you talk about global, national, or local reach, yep. um, and then you talk about some considerations for whether people should go global. And I I thought it was fascinating that you use Matt Ferret's um, book as a good example of this because it's made for a a government U.S. government system, right? The Medicare right. system. But you want to talk a little bit about why you have to consider something bigger than face value on that? Yes. So in specific. To be specific, Matt Ferret is the author of Prepare for Medicare. Medicare is a United States government program. So you're a U.S. citizen, you get it. Um, there are some intricacies with Medicare, which is you have to get it. You have to get it at the right time. If you don't, it's not good. Right. <laughs> right? I read the book 17 times. Just buy the book and follow the advice of the book. If you are age 63 or over in the United States, you're a United States citizen, do yourself a favor, buy Matt Ferret's book. Matt, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm registered at Mercedes. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. 
However, when we were publishing the book and when you're thinking about publishing a book, it is very tempting to say, well, it's a book only for U.S. citizens right. of a certain age. And so when you check the boxes of what does the book look like and what's the font size and all those, all of those considerations for people of a certain age, right? So your, your books for young kids are going to have bigger font and be shorter. Your books for older folks are going to have bigger font and probably be longer and more in depth, right? So all of those things are, are interesting to consider. There are a lot of people who are expats. So they go and live in other countries or they work in other countries for a period of time and they would have to come back here. So it was very tempting to just say, oh, we don't need to worry about Canada, Europe, you know, blah, blah, blah. However, making it, it didn't hurt. It didn't cost more to make it available everywhere. And anyone who is looking for that information would want to buy it on their own on their own Amazon, we're on their own retail platform, right? wherever they are in the world. So something to consider is, are you looking to distribute your book locally? Do you only care about a zip code? Um, if you are a, a business that serves a zip code or the five surrounding zip codes, and you are never gonna go to the sixth zip code, the next state, the next tri-county area, you know, whatever that looks like, you are not concerned with global distribution or national distribution or any of those things. So I've worked with people who are like, listen, I serve my zip code. I serve it. I'm the 600 pound gorilla in the space. I have competitors. I want to crush them. <laughs> I need a book. And so don't even publish on Amazon. It's just a, it's just a print product only because they're just, they're not even selling it. You can't buy the book. It's just a gift he gives away as you know, as a, as a marketing tool, as a marketing piece. Other people are looking to have global distribution. You, for your book, monetize your book with the course. You can serve authors anywhere in the world. Anyone who publishes a book, traditional, hybrid, or indie, nonfiction, should turn their book into a course. So you have an unlimited distribution. And when we you know, put people on the moon, you're going to want to check that box too. <laughs> Right now, serving moon residents. <laughs> yeah, anyone in the right. Mars station. There's your there's your Twitter there's your Twitter uh, announcement right there. <laughs> yeah. So those are all those are all things to consider um, that that go into kind of this book marketing action plan is really thinking about your book from how do you want to launch it, what does it look like today, to how am I going to market it and get the most out of it later how can i repurpose the content how are my readers going to receive the content and utilize it in, in the best possible way and all of that will then funnel into what can i do today to market my book because if you have a consistent marketing activity in your calendar then you will consistently market and sell books and find readers and develop new business. It all goes together, but it's like our workouts. I didn't do my workout today and then go, and we're done. Right? <laughs> we're done yeah. for today, but I got to do it again tomorrow. Right. Well, and, and I think you, you go naturally right into the next section, which is and same chapter, but it talks about promotions next. And I think that that's great because I think this is really what people confuse. Like when they think marketing, what they're really thinking is promotions, right? Like, how am I going to get out there and promote this thing? 
Um, and you're, you know, one of my favorite quotes of yours uh, across all your written works is the one in, that you use in this section. And it's a, a book at rest is money at rest. A book in motion is money in motion. And the promotion of the book is really, I, I think, the part that a lot of authors are most concerned with. They're like, all right, all I got to do is get online and figure out the Amazon part. All I got to do is get online and figure out which country to sell it in. And they dust their hands off and they're like, all right, we're done, right? Like, am I marketing now? And it's like, no, no. The promotion part is the activity that keeps this thing at the front of the, the mind, right? Right. Um, so can you can you just briefly close this uh, this conversation out with a little bit about um, promotions? Yeah. So identifying how you're going to promote your book and promote promoting and marketing are, you know, two sides of the same coin. Yep. But you're right. It's like it's the activity. And so this is an activity. Having a conversation that's recorded, video and audio is a promotion activity. We're going to call that a podcast. We're going to call that a YouTube video. We're going to call it a downloadable MP3, MP4, MA7. I don't know what it is, right? What are the kids doing these days with this? (laughs) But it's a way for people to discover a book that is never going to expire. You are always going to want to market your book. You must market your book forever. So this is evergreen content. And this is an evergreen piece of content of promotion that will help people to discover the evergreen content. So you want to think about your promotion, not just in terms of my, my Instagram story or my post on the social media site, because that's that's gone. That's consumable. That's like, you know, the peeps I'm going to eat for Easter. Like I'm going to think about them. I'm going to eat them. They're going to be delicious. And then I'll forget all about them. Right. That's what happens with social media. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And if that's where your readers are hanging out, then that's probably where you need to promote your book. You can do things like advertising. You can have a newsletter. You can post your newsletter on LinkedIn. Um, there are all sorts of things you can do, but this is the part where you have to, to decide, like, how am I going to promote it? And then as you go through the book, I suggest as first time authors or the, you know, the first five times, you may not really have an understanding of what's going to move the needle. You're going to want to try a number of things and you want to get, going to give them time to work doing a regular analysis. And then at some point you're going to go here, are the three things that I know if I do them, they move the needle. I don't have to do anything else. My book map is a lot smaller, right? I know what I, I know what I need to do initially during the initial excitement phase. And, and then once I kind of come through, you know, the, the initial phase of the book, right. And move into the longer term marketing. I know there are three things that I'm going to do forever to continue to market my book. And then I will lean into those three things. You'll discover what your three things are. And if you do them consistently over time, you will continue to consistently find readers and clients. I love it. And and, and I, I agree completely with you that you're going to kind of find the things you enjoy doing and that, that are works. actually working, right? Like yep. podcasts to me are just a blast. Yep. You know, yep. I'll go yep. guest speak on all the podcasts. Um, right. Um, great promotion, great outreach to communities you wouldn't normally be speaking with. Uh, you used the example in the book of summits for promotions, which are great. Yeah. Um, uh, there's there's so many different ways to do it. Um, I'll, I'll I'll roughly paraphrase what a friend of mine, Nikki uh, Milner, says, who 
uh, she's one of the brains behind a marketing agency that I work on with some clients with. Um, and she said something in a meeting last week that I thought was great. She's like, I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell clients that post that marketing isn't just posting on social media, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much to it. Um, and I love that you're taking all this into account in the book. Um, it isn't just about getting on social media and posting all that formatting, the distribution, considering the client's needs, wants, desires, um, the branding part of it, everything's in the book. Um, I think that's what makes You Must Market Your Book so great is that it does have this holistic approach, but it's also very actionable. Um, and then you've, you've obviously fallen uh, fallen in love with the uh, three-legged stool model for, for our, our you know development of products. So the workbook and the course are amazing um, companion products to the book. And for people that are interested in finding um, the book, where can they where can they find it? Well, the the book is now um, available anywhere you buy books. So Amazon, uh, Kobo. I mean, go look for it. Yeah. it. It's probably in a in 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 at least the online stores, all of the online stores, and then it's available for distribution. So if you want it in your local bookstore, you can go to your local bookstore and order it, and they'll get it. Right to your local bookstore. Yeah. And then you can find the workbook there as well. Um, and the course you can find both at the Empire Builders Masterclass. What, what? you guys know where you're at, where that is because you're on mm -hmm. the channel right now. And you can also find it at honoraycorder.com. Yes, and in the book, I actually offer a nice discount. Um, so you don't have to read very far into the book to find a, a little <laughs> Easter egg in there with a discount on the actual course. There you go, go buy the ebook. If you need it like right away, go buy a paperback. If you're like me and you need the reference. <laughs> yeah. um, I read differently too. I read, I like to read an ebook and if I really like it, then I go get the hard copy. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost always buying ebooks now unless they're, um, yeah, cause I've got this nice Kindle scribe that I can use now so I can write all my notes in it and all the things fancy pants. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and, and, uh, and cut this one off before I start talking about pants, <laughs> fancy pants. Lord have mercy. Okay, here we go. <laughs> gotta go. And, yeah. Gotta go. And, um, and we appreciate all you guys. Don't forget to subscribe, um, here on the podcast here on YouTube. We appreciate you. Hey, get those comments in. We want to respond. Uh, we even have comment capability on the podcast. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you, and you get a crazy idea, you can either comment right there in the podcast or you can uh, just send us an email. Um, you've got all our information in the show notes. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you in the next episode. Honore, thank you so much. Thanks, Lucas. Bye-bye.